We are go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. my fellow galactic travelers and welcome back to planet eight this is your mission commander larry speaking to you from our hidden base chief engineer bob is here by my side as always in the command center and circling planet eight in our orbital spy satellite is reconnaissance officer karen on this episode of planet eight we are going to be talking about something near and dear to our hearts are collectibles. I'm sure all of you listeners out there collect something genre-related, be it Star Trek or Star Wars, uh, kaiju or uh, monster-related. Uh, so uh, we're going to go ahead and share some of our uh, stories of how we amassed uh, our collections and some of the holy grails that we have and as always please take a moment to share some of your collections with us on either the twitter facebook or blogspot page straight away let's kick it up to the satellite karen holy grail or holy grails that you have in your collection uh, that you'd like to share with uh, us today well, I don't know, Larry. I don't know that I have anything that's entirely unique that no one else has, uh, but there's a couple of things I, I really enjoy having in my collection, um, one of which I'm looking at right now, which is my um, Sideshow Creature from the Black Lagoon premium format statue. Nice. Close to um, my heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just love it. It's it's beautifully sculpted, and I love the pose with the creature swimming. Um, it's just uh, it always makes me think about the film, and so uh, really enjoy having that. And it was not necessarily uh, it wasn't impossible to find, but it wasn't easy to find either. So um, always pleased to to have that and look at that. They do get um, harder and harder to find, um, and and that pose is such a iconic pose for the creature, uh, you know, and, and it's amazing how it, 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 you know, he's underwater and, and you don't notice any pegs or, or wires or anything sticking out of the base. It's, it's very, very well. Yeah, his leg is connected behind some seaweed. Or yeah. Whatever. I mean, it's really yeah. done well. And didn't they yeah. release a, uh, Silver screen, like black and white version of it? They did. They did. Yeah. That's probably more expensive than the regular one, right? It was a shorter... If you find it. I, Karen, I, do, you, I, do you know? I think it is because there were a shorter uh, run of them, and I'm not sure what the number is. 
two hundred. Yeah, I don't know either, but uh, I don't know. I like the color version, even though yeah, you would only really see it in black and white. Mm -hmm. It took me a long time to hunt, hunt mine down, because I used to see it in Larry's house, get jealous. <laughs> so uh, I finally found it on eBay, and a guy was selling it cheap. I mean, I got it for like under five hundred bucks. Oh, that is good. Uh, because the box was nicked up. It's the and I decided a long time ago that I'm th I threw out all my boxes. So I'm not a box collector because <clears throat> I'm not going to sell this stuff. And when I go, my daughter is not going to want to sit here and match toys to boxes. <laughs> so um, I decided, well, you know, there's no reason to keep these boxes. I'd rather have storage space. So finding items now in less than perfect box or even unboxed, if I can get them cheaper, that's fine. That's fine with me because I'm not going to keep the box anyway. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was able to find it that way, but uh, definitely, you know, a real nice piece. I think that's my only sideshow piece I have. Really? Yeah. And and uh, I'm assuming you got it off the internet, uh, Karen. I did. Was it a hunt, or were you just fortunate enough to come across it? It was a little bit of a hunt because I didn't get it when it was originally issued by sideshow, so it was a secondary market and on eBay. That's one of those things where it's like something will come out, whether it's a sideshow or some other collectible company, and you think, oh, man, that's expensive. I can't afford that. And then later on, you decide you want one, and then yeah. it's like three, four times as much on eBay. Yeah, I'm not going to spend $300 on that. And it's like, uh, okay, I wish I would have uh, spent 300 on that. Um, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna go over to Bob. We're gonna kind of mix it up uh, on on who has what and where and how they get it and stuff. So, uh, Bob, what do you got for us? Well, I'm uh, currently thanking Kevin D'Antonio on text. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm talking. Well, one of the things I'm going to talk about. I might as well start off with this one. Is uh, Way back in 2004, we did a, a Godzilla Fest at the Castro Theater in San Francisco. And uh, we, uh, as part of that, uh, Kevin D'Antonio had a Kyodo Godzilla 54 figure that's probably uh, a good uh, two and a half foot tall. Uh, tail is longer than that. And uh, he painted that. Sort of, you know, we were talking about the creature being a silver screen version. It was a, he did a silver screen version of Godzilla 54, which was a black and white movie anyway. Yeah. So this is, it was a big Kyoto kit that he put together and painted for the show. And uh, Yuki from Kimono My House actually had a, a foam core Transamerica tower, one of the, at the time, one of the taller buildings in San Francisco. And so we had uh, Godzilla facing off the Transamerica tower. Uh, there at, at Godzilla Fest. We actually had it in a, a side attraction that led up to the show. But anyway, when I went to Japan with Kevin and, uh, and Barry Evans and, and Bush Pertillo, who was on the show, um, my main goal was to get a really nice Godzilla. I really wanted like a nice, big, finely painted Godzilla. And every time I found one there, you know, through faults not of my own um, I wouldn't be able to get it mm. yeah I missed out on like three different ones so when we finally got back Kevin said well I still have that one from Godzilla Fest so you know you can you can have that one if you want 
So uh, we, you know, we made a deal and I ended up with it. And so, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite pieces. A, because it has the history behind it of being part of one of our shows. And B, because one of my best friends painted it and put it together. And it's just a really nice looking figure and it stands right in the middle of my collection and uh, it really stands out. The other piece I wanted to talk about was, and this was from another one of our shows, we, when we did Godzilla Fest, Subaraya Productions in Japan contacted us to do the premiere of uh, Ultraman the Next, which was the newest Ultraman movie. So we did a little Ultraman Fest and we had that and some of the other Ultraman movies and episodes and things. And uh, as part of that, Ibanez, which makes guitars, made a special Ultraman guitar. And there was only 10 of these made. Ooh. And so we raffled one off at uh, our Ultraman show. Uh, they raffled one off in Texas. They raffled one off in New York. And I believe they raffled one off at Fantasia up in Canada. So that's, what, four, right? right. Six left. So <laughs> Subaraya kept, Subaraya Productions kept two. And uh, Ibanez kept two. And my friend Brad Warner, who was working at Subaraya at the time, let me know that, hey, there's two left. And he was keeping one. And did I want one? My like, uh, yeah, one of ten. I'll take that. So I ended up with an Ultraman. I can't play it, but I ended up with an Ultraman guitar. And uh, it's really cool. I got a guitar stand for it. It's just back here in my collection. Nice. And uh, it's, uh, it's Ibanez uh, Iceman guitar. It was That's the style of it. And it has Ultraman on the front of it. So uh, two kind of unique pieces that both had connections to shows we did and both of which I got off friends. So That's trifecta, cool. uh, those are my favorite pieces in my collection. Very cool. Um, the uh, piece that, or pieces that I'm gonna share, back in the day, um, you know, McDonald's has our Happy Meals and stuff. Uh, this set is from 1963, and there's this company called Anchor Hawking Glassware Company. And they did these promotional pieces. You'd go into a gas station, uh, fill up a tank of gas, and you'd get a monster glass. And there was a set of four of them. And so they had the uh, Frankenstein's monster, the Wolfman, the mummy, and the creature from the Black Lagoon. And um, I was fortunate enough to come across these uh, for a steal, uh, going to a... Um, not a not a goodwill it was a an, like an antique store and these uh they're the colors are very vibrant um there's no scratches or scuffing on them and it was just something that uh, i saw at a show uh, one time and always wanted to track down and and find and it was a complete set all four glasses so i didn't have to go here and there and and everywhere and so i i proudly have those on display in my my uh, universal monster well actually monster uh corner of the guest room uh at home and um yeah those are those are some of the uh treasures that i have that i i hunted for for a couple of years and was uh, like i said happy to find uh for a steal uh let's kick it back up to karen do you have something else from your collection that you'd like to share with us karen Sure, Larry. Um, another thing that I have that I really enjoy, um, which I got at a convention in, I think it was a WonderCon back when they were being held in Oakland, maybe mm -hmm. San Francisco. It's going back um, a ways. 
at that time, uh, this was right around the time, I think, that Alex Ross, the artist Alex Ross, was starting to become better known, uh, but was not, you know, the huge, uh, amazing phenomenon that he is now. And uh, I was able to get a print, a signed print from him, uh, where he painted over uh, a uh, work that uh, John Buscema had done of the Avengers. Mm. So it has uh, almost all of the Avengers from the time period where John Buscema was drawing it, which is like Thor, Cap, Iron Man, The Vision, Scarlet Witch, Black Panther, um, and a few others. And uh, so it's this kind of uh, interesting combination of Buscema and uh, Ross. And uh, it's about, oh, I think it's about 24 by 36. And I have that framed up on my wall and it's signed by Ross. Nice. Um, so if you know anything about how much it costs to get anything signed by Ross today, <laughs> it's, it was a real steal. So uh, I'm always happy to have that up and displayed. Excellent. Back to Bob. Well, as a side note, well, as a side note, I mentioned that I was texting with Kevin earlier. <laughs> he just texted that uh, Toru Oishi was the sculptor of this Kyoto Godzilla that I was speaking about. And uh, it's 60 centimeters is the actual size of it. So uh, there you go. More information on my collectible. Um, yeah, other collectibles. Um, well, when we did the Ultraman show, uh, I went by Super 7 which was a, it's still a store in San Francisco, but it used to be in Japantown. Mm. And they had a, uh, probably about a two foot tall blue Ultraman Nexus. And uh, I ended up buying it thinking, that's really cool. And uh, one of our guests at the show was uh, Hiroshi Maruyama, who uh, designed Ultraman. He designed all the sort of Heisei Ultramans up through, uh, I believe, um, Mebius. And I'll tell you a little Mebius story here in a minute. But um, <laughs> so I had Nexus and I took it to the show and I showed it to him. And of course, he was saying, you know, telling me about all the proportions that were wrong. And I was like, well, you know, it's a toy. But <laughs> um, I had him sign the leg, which uh, was really cool. So he uh, I have Ultraman Nexus with the designer signature on his leg. Nice. And um but yeah, my side story about Ultraman Mebius is uh, when Mariyama was at our show and the new show that was out at the time, Ultraman Max had just started. And uh, he told a story on stage that he was in his hotel room and he was looking at the architecture of San Francisco and basically sketching a new Ultraman. And so oh. I'm pretty sure that was Ultraman Mebius. So Ultraman Mebius was... Uh, basically influenced by the architecture of San Francisco as seen through the hotel window of Mariama. Nice. So, um, yeah, other, other than that, I mean, I have another Ultraman collectible, which uh, it took me, I would say, oh God, 40 years to track down almost. <laughs> um, obviously, my, you know, a big part of my collection is Godzilla and Ultraman and, right. and Japanese figures and things. And, um, Back in 1980, um, my friend Tony Del Grosso went to Japan. He came back with Popey at the time, had these uh, one foot tall vinyl Ultraman figures. And uh, I was able to find 
Ultraman and Ultra 7 and the animated you know, Ultraman Joe, he came back with Ultraman 80. And I thought, oh man, that is cool. And he was always one of my favorites. So ever since then, I've wanted one, but I've never, ever been able to find one. Finally, I found one on eBay and he was kind of scuffed up, no packaging, just, you know, he, he had seen a few years, but I'd never seen one since 1980. So, and wow. this was like, you know, a few, maybe six months ago. Yeah. So, you know, you, whatever, whatever it costs, I don't care. Click, buy. <laughs> and uh, I thought, oh, I finally got it. He looks pretty scuffed, but I got it. And then shortly after that, I was Googling Popey Ultraman because I was trying to find some of the others in that series. And someone had one in the package, pristine condition, buy. <laughs> no sub, no hesitation, buy it. So I did, I finally got my Ultraman 80 in good condition and wow. all that. But yeah, that was like, you know, take 2019 and subtract 1980. And that's how long I was trying to find this thing. Not, not just old, but rich. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been rich. I wouldn't you, be as poor as I am now you, trying to buy all this you're stuff. You're rich but. in your collection. And I'm going to share with you my, my uh, another piece of my collection. It's from 2005. And you could only get it uh, through a Sideshow. And they had a special uh, thing set up with San Diego Comic-Con. And they call these things um, the archive collection. And it's a miniature uh, stand that has uh, helmets and or weapons of Marvel characters. And this is Thor's helmet and uh, the hammer, Mjolnir, on this very ornate uh, stand that looks like a Nordic Viking um, post or podium. Um you could also get I have the Doctor Doom or Doctor Doom's gauntlets and, and helmet, Doctor Octopus's uh, tentacles and his uh, his glasses, cap shield and caps, you know, uh, mask, Hawkeye's uh, bow and arrow, uh, Wolverine skeleton, which is kind of more gruesome than <laughs> heroic looking. Is it made out of antimantium? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. But anyway, these, these things, and, and unfortunately they, they stopped uh, making them, um, but they were smaller versions, you know, because they can do a premium format figure. We were talking about the creature from the Black Lagoon earlier. That thing takes up, you know, space. These, uh, these little things are near and dear to my heart. And uh, 2005 Comic-Con, you know, uh, it was the second year we went and had a lot of fun and it's a it's a fun little collectible uh, all of these pieces i paid uh retail you know because i got them when they came out they sit proudly on my you know one of my shelves uh this year sideshow put out another miniature it wasn't called uh, archive collection of uh, thanos gauntlet and it lights up so i got that and i have it up there on the shelf with those archive pieces um back at the Casa de Caicos. So you guys got to be rich to buy all those sideshow items. Those things, well, those things are expensive. Rich or crazy. <laughs> sideshow has a liberal payment plan. Uh, I've, I've sold it, uh, but I used to have this huge Galactus maquette. Oh, how could you sell that? Ah, uh, you know, bills and, you know, things. Uh. Anyway, um... I paid that thing over, over 12 months, you know, X amount of dollars a month. And then they time it so that by the time you make your last payment, 
the statue or the piece ships out. These things were like 50 bucks, 40 bucks at the time. They're, they're, well, how much was Galactus? I'm, that couldn't have been cheap. It was cheap. like over a grand. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, so what is it that we collect? What else? Yeah. What What is your collection? Money is made not of? something that I collect. Money is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I collect it only to spend it on this stuff. <laughs> a lot of my stuff is, uh, I, you know, and we can all speak to why we collect nostalgic things. Um, some of them are gifts. Some of them are things that, you know, I, I go out hunting for. Some of them are sideshow pieces. Some of them are Hasbro action figures. But for me, you know, it's it's a hodgepodge. I don't have like a main, you know, I guess it depends on what year it is and what I'm really into. But uh, I have the Eagle Moss Star Trek ships. Um, Every month you get two ships and it's from all of the Star Trek, be it Voyager, Enterprise, the movies. Uh, Now they have Discovery ships, Uh, you know, Star Wars uh, ships from Hasbro and Kenner. Uh, some Godzilla stuff, uh, Universal Monster stuff, a lot of Disneyland stuff. I'm a big fan of Disneyland um, just because I have memories of family uh, and friends going to the park. Uh, and that, yeah, I think that's a key thing for my collection is that there is a feeling or a memory associated with either the TV show or the movie or, or whatever it is uh, that I collect. Uh, what about you, Bob? What What is your... Well, I've, I, too, have a hodgepodge. And again, you know, I, th- I think we all collect that which brings back memories of, you know, whether yeah. it's growing up or whatever. Um, you know, I, in my basement, I have like a, a 1966 Batman shelf. Mm-hmm. I've got a, uh, I've got a James Bond shelf. Um, I've got my Creature Corner, which is the consists of the creature from the Black Lagoon pinball machine surrounded with all my creature collectibles and lithographs and pictures and whatever I've been able to find. Um, even decided in the ripe old age of my 50s that it was time to get a tattoo. So I've got a creature from the Black Lagoon on my shoulder now. Um, but really the bulk of my collection uh, is Godzilla and Ultraman, Common Rider, uh, you know, Japanese animated robot series, Devil Man, you know, all that kind of, you know, basically the Japanese stuff. And uh, that's basically the Planet 8 headquarters that we're sitting in now and all the stuff that surrounds us. And, um, yeah, I think the thing that really appealed to me about that stuff, of course, of course, I love the movies, I love the TV shows, mm-hmm. I love the whole, the characters, but you couldn't just go down to Toys R Us and buy them. Couldn't run out to Target and buy them. Couldn't run out to a store. Even most comic shops, you couldn't run out and buy them. Right. You had to search. You had to hunt. You had to have friends in Japan. You had to have, you know, have luck at a convention that some guy in the corner might be selling something. Um, so, you know, the fun is in the hunt, basically. And then, again, when you come across some rare item like the Ultraman guitar or like the Kyoto Godzilla model or or even the uh, the Ultraman 80 that I was looking for, you come across a grail like that and uh, and it's, you know, it brings a whole, whole lot more joy to uh, 
to collecting, I think. Mm. You know, I mean, a lot of people will go out and they'll just, I'm going to collect thimbles. And I'm going to go down to the store and buy a bunch of thimbles, you know. And it's like, well, that's fine. But when you have to put effort into it and you have to go out and find these things and, you know, search them out and find ways to get them and not pay an arm and a leg and a hip and an elbow <laughs> and everything else for them, um, then, you know, it's like a sense of accomplishment a lot of times. And again, you know, this hobby has basically brought me into quite a few things. You know, it brought me into uh, being able to do the audio commentary on Terror Mechagodzilla for Classic Media. It, dropped, it brought me into doing Sci-Fi Japan website right now. Um, <clears throat> I guess in a roundabout way, you know, brought me into Planet 8 because I figured, oh, here's Planet 8. I can go and talk about stuff other than Godzilla, right. except for this episode <laughs> <laughs> and, and an upcoming episode. But... Um, yeah, I just think it's so much fun, you know, collecting this stuff. And, you know, we have an episode coming up on the new legendary Godzilla. And uh, Keith Aiken and I, who do Sci-Fi Japan, we're heading down for the premiere and to line up some uh, interviews that will be on Planet 8. So look forward to that. But again, you know, getting into this collection for th- and this hobby for so long, uh, you know, has afforded me to be able to do a lot of that stuff that I... Wouldn't have done otherwise. I'd be coming home and sitting on the couch, drinking a beer and watching sports, I guess, if I didn't do this. <laughs> what about you, Karen? Well, my collecting really began, my the origin, you might say, yes. of my collecting began with comic books. Hmm. So uh, when I was but a wee child, um, my both my older brother and then I had an uncle who... Uh, were into comic books, but I kind of took it and ran with it um, and really started latching on to all the comic books I could find. And so I started building up a pretty formidable comic book collection, which I still am dragging around uh, scores of boxes, which I, I really need to do something with at some point here. Um, but then out of that also started, you know, I started collecting a lot of books on uh, different things like the you know, Star Trek books started coming out in the 70s, the technical manuals and um, all the other, the blueprints and uh, novels and things like that. I started getting a hold of those and, uh, you know, other genre related books. So I have a lot of those going on. And then I think it really was only in the, the last 10 years or so that I started actually um, building a collection of like figures, busts, um, the hot toys and things like that. Um, I, I really wasn't into a lot of the action figures and stuff like that until only recently. I, I would have like the odd, uh, you know, Slurpee cup here and there, stuff like that, or like the mini busts, some of those uh, smaller stuff. Um, but only recently did I start expanding into kind of the um, larger items. And, you know, it's just, it's not focused on any single genre or show. Mm. I've got Star Trek stuff. I've got Star Trek ships. I've got Universal Monster figures. I've got some Kaiju. I've got Star Wars. Um, you know, it's just, it's it's like the external expression of my brain. So <laughs> it's just everything spewed out um, all over the, the place. Um, 
but you know, it's, it's fun. I, I enjoy being able to come into, especially I have one room that's really just completely wall to wall plastered with posters and figures. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, you know, like, like Bob was saying, you know, you look around, it's fun to just look around and see all the stuff plastered everywhere. Yeah. Well, especially since probably every figure has a story. Sure. Has a history behind it and a memory, a set of memories. Well, and I especially like, I, I'm not a big autograph person, um, but if I have an opportunity, for me, the, the fun part of an autograph is if I get to actually talk with the person and have an experience with that person. So mm -hmm. then seeing, you know, a framed autograph picture on the wall, I can look back and say, oh, yeah, that's the time I met, you know, Mark Hamill and he talked to me about doing voiceover or, you know, Peter Mayhew or wh whatever, because it, I always try to do those those signings where I can actually meet the person. Well, there's a, there's a question. Have you ever met a celebrity that you actually felt nervous around? Like, oh my God, I'm finally meeting this person and I don't know what to say. And have you ever met someone who just overwhelmed you? I, I felt nervous. I mean, I like Mark Hamill, I felt kind of nervous approaching, but he was so personable and so friendly that it disappeared pretty quickly. I, yeah, I can't think of... Uh... I was never, no, not intimidated or frightened or anything like that. There, I mean, you know. Yeah, no, I've never been frightened, but. Nervous. I was never nervous. Awestruck, maybe? Yeah. Like, no, oh, I, I was god, happy, but yeah, I wasn't like, oh my god, it's Bill Shatner. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, and maybe this is the old curmuffin in me. And I'm like, I'm paying 50 bucks for this. You better be charming as hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. No, for me. What about you? Uh, it was a Monster Palooza, and I met Susumu Kurobe, who, who was is? Hayata in Ultraman. Ah. And, uh, you know, down there, you know, you meet like Akira Takarada, who was in a bunch of the Godzilla movies, and Haru Nakajima, who played Godzilla and all that. But Ultraman has a special place in my heart. So when I met Hayata, it was like, and, you know, keep in mind, like, like 10 minutes before that, when I walked in the room, Hiroko Sakurai was there who played Fuji in Ultraman. And she remembered me from when we interviewed her back in 1999. Mm. And, uh, you know, oh, Bob was give me a big hug and stuff. And then I turned around and there's Hayata. And I was like, <laughs> a, a totally different feeling. It's like, you know, here's someone who's kind of a friend. And here's someone who, oh, my God, it's Hayata. <laughs> and and uh, so, yeah, that was definitely. That's cool. Now, on the, on the reverse side, on the inverse side, you know, speaking about autographs, uh, I took my daughter to WonderCon one time, and she wanted to meet yeah. James right. Marsters. She wanted to meet him. So we went there, and it was like a $70 autograph, and he was like behind you know, a curtain, and you had to like go back there and you know, take the picture and come out. It wasn't quite the cattle call like Shatner and some of these others are. It's not like, you know, go in there, stand there, don't, don't address the actor, go, you know, take a picture, get out. We went in there and he was like, we were one of the first ones, so he was like eating a ham sandwich or something. And he's like, puts it down and, you know, he took the picture and he talked to her a little bit and stuff. And, you know, it was, it was okay. And then we went back down to where all the regular celebrities are out, on, you know, on their tables in the, um, in the big celebrity row or whatever. Yeah. And uh, as we were walking along there, play Ralph and Greatest American Hero. Um, oh, William Cat. William Cat. 
he was sitting there at his table. No one was around. Hmm. And I said, well, let's go see William Cat Because uh, my wife at the time, she and I used to watch that show all the time, yeah. you know, when it was on. And uh, so we go over there and he talked to us, I swear to God, for like 40 minutes. <laughs> and when we're done, I'm like, well, you know, I'll buy one of your photos and get an autograph, which was like, you know, 30 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever it was. And then he's like, do you have a camera? And I go, yeah. He goes, let's take a picture. Not like I'm asking him to do it. He said, let's take a picture. Go, okay. And took a picture with him. And, you know, years later, uh, Debbie and I saw him at Monster Palooza and she wanted to get an autograph with him. And he did the same with her. Just talking about the show and talking about this and that and being real nice. And, you know, he was like one of the nicest celebrities I think I've ever met in an autograph type situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't have a huge collection of autographs, but I do have some, and uh, you know that, that was a good one. Yeah, I don't have a huge collection of autographs. Uh, and I, I've, for the most part, I've had great uh, interactions with you know whoever the celebrity was. Um, Lou Ferrigno actually was really really nice. Sticks out in my mind who played the Hulk on oh, yeah. TV with Bill Bixby. And you could ask him questions. How was it working with Bill Bixby? And, you know, how did your feet not get cut up? Oh, I had a little sock I would wear. And, you know, uh, so they, <laughs> they had those little green booties. You wore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always fun to kind of interact with them. Uh-huh. You know, like you said, it's not a cattle collar. Okay, you don't touch them. Don't mm-hmm. look at them. Don't breathe. Hold your breath. Um, another good experience I had was with Ricardo Montalban. Mm-hmm. And I love telling that story. At Thrillville, uh, Will Vaharo put on and saw Neptune's Daughter, uh, one of the early films of Ricardo Montalban. We go to the show, and I, Walker, you were with me, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like some kind of anniversary for uh, Rathacon. And so he was on stage with Shatner. It was a big deal. I don't know that they ever did it again. But, uh, you know, he wasn't uh, doing too well health wise. And so they had a special chair for him to sit in he would sign the honor it was very personal but just you know took time to look up hello thank you for coming and people are like oh i loved you you know and uh fantasy island and oh the pontiac could you could you please say corinthian leather you <laughs> know? And, and i, I you know to say moving. welcome to fantasy island. <laughs> yeah people you know moving along and i i says i loved you and neptune's daughter and he stopped signing he looked you know that was one of my first films and that was when hollywood and he's you know a three or four minute, which seems like an eternity huh. in, in one of those lines. And it's like the guy to the left and right of me looking at me like, well, he's talking to you. I'm like, hey, you know. So anyway, that was a that was a good time. He, he signed the poster and Shatner signed the poster for Wrath of Khan. And it proudly sits on my uh, autograph. See, wall. that's the thing that got me with the uh, William Shatner cattle call that I went through where I couldn't talk. You know, he at least said hello and thank you. But... Uh, which was more than Adam West did. Adam West and Burt <laughs> Ward. They just stood there like statues. But um, I really wanted to say that I enjoyed him in uh, The Devil's Reign. Ah. Just see, you know, what's he, what's he going to say? You know, I love The Devil's Reign. What are you going to say about that? Yeah. But, you know, I couldn't because I wasn't allowed to speak. I could only well, stand and smile and well, keep going. <laughs> Shatner. I, I've had four Shatner experiences. And... Uh, each time, you know, he, he has very little interaction with the fans. It's He's gotten a little better because now he will actually kind of half smile. But uh, <laughs> one, one time when we going through the line, I did, as he was signing the picture, I said, 
I loved you in Incubus. And he, he cocked an eyebrow. So I got an expression, but there was nothing said. Now, had you said that in Esperanto, <laughs> you may have gotten a different... I had a good... Uh, you were so good in Kingdom of the Spiders. <laughs> I had a good story, too, with uh, Leonard Nimoy. Uh, it was at one of the Star Trek shows. I think Vegas. And uh, he was so nice. He was laughing and, hey, how you doing? Thanks for... And I said, boy, this is better than sitting and taking a picture with Santa Claus. He got the biggest <laughs> laugh out of that. So I got a smile with him sitting next to me. And it's a, it's a real smile. You see, th this is that collection thing. You have a story associated with the picture, the autograph, the, the, the figure, the, the statue or, or, you know, whatever. Um, it's, it's fun, you know. And then you get to you know look on the wall and tell people who come over, oh yeah, that I'll tell you a little story about that piece. Well, or well whatever. The, fun, the funnest thing about having a collection is showing it off. Yeah, and and I do enjoy going to other people's houses and seeing their collection and how how do they display this stuff? And maybe <laughs> I get a couple ideas or you know what pieces do they have that I don't have? You know? Exactly. Where'd you get? Because of that uh, Godzilla that you have in the room, the uh, um, not atomic Godzilla. Um, which one is that? I know. You got like a million of them. Anyway. <laughs> you have to narrow it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. And I'm like, where'd you get that from? I'm like, oh, Kevin got it for me. You know, it's like the electric Godzilla or something like that. And uh, I found it and, and picked it up. And uh, Yeah, so you have, to, you have to be more specific, too, because go I always refer to Kevin as my uh, my supplier or my pusher. <laughs> yeah, it's like every once in a while I'll get a text. Hey, I got some of these. You want one? It's like, uh. Yes. Money, but yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, he runs like Kong's Cave of Collectibles. So if you ever see him at a show, uh, great prices on you know everything that he sells. And uh, yeah. being a friend, I get you know a little a little bit off those great prices, and you know <laughs> it's always appreciated. But um, but yeah, you know that too. Like James Osborne, I just got uh, it was called like a Combat Joe Godzilla off of him, which. Uh, they have these combat Joes, which are almost like GI Joe, twelve-inch GI Joe figures in Japan, and mm -hmm. they made one with a uh, Godzilla suit, and you like stuff the GI Joe inside the Godzilla suit and Velcro him up the back and that, and uh, you know it's kind of old, but I was able to get one off James. You know, James is another one of my suppliers. There's a Goldar version of that that I want to get, but it's mm -hmm. you know always like eight hundred dollars or a thousand. I'm like, ah, oh, I can't, you know. James Osborne. Yeah. He sold that to me for $125. That's good. <laughs> Final Kaiju Solutions, you can find them online. Nice. Um, has a lot of great stuff. So There was a 12-inch alien figure that I found, and it was all busted up. The arms uh, you know, were dislocated. It didn't have the glass dome over the head. And, and they sold that thing in Toys R Us once upon a time next to the 12-inch Ronald McDonald doll and and you know, <laughs> Barbie's Malibu house or whatever. And I, you know, I found these uh, little rubber doohickeys at the plumbing store and was able to put the arms back together and stuff. But the plastic dome, I'm like, ah, you know, how am I going to find? There's a certain curve to it, you know? Uh -huh. And I'm, I just go online. God bless the internet. I mean, <laughs> and I, I type in like 12 inch alien dome head or whatever. And some guy makes these. Yeah. domes for those figures so I was able to complete the thing at a fraction of the cost because yeah. those things cost hundreds of dollars ridiculous mm -hmm. you know amount of money um, 
But yeah, some of the fun is putting the stuff back together. You know, mm-hmm. and maybe you got pieces of it that are missing, and it's like, well, you know, I'll eventually find Thor's hammer, but that figure I'll <laughs> I'll pick up for you know a song and a dance. That's part of the fun for me. Well, too. like I say, you know, like I said before, the joy of you know, you missed something, you're trying to find it, you're doing a hunt, and you know, maybe you forget about it for a while, and then yeah. boom, it pops up somewhere, and wow, look at that. Let me ask you guys this. We're coming towards the end of the podcast, but was there ever anything, and Bob's probably going to say no to this, I know already, that you sold and you regretted? Oh, yeah. And, and you tried to get it. You sold? I thought you don't sell anything. No, no. Back back during the dot-com boom. Oh, okay. I was selling stuff left and right on, on eBay. I've, I, so, you know, I go through these phases where... I keep saying, well, you know, if I just concentrated on Godzilla, I'd have so many, so much more Godzilla stuff. Or if I just concentrated on Ultraman, I'd have so much more Ultraman stuff. And so for a while there, I was getting rid of, like, a lot of anime stuff. Mm. And I got rid of, like, the... I had all the Godaiken toys, which were, like, metal mm. robots. They were, like, you know, a good, you know, 18 inches tall, some. Um, Shogun Warriors. I had the big ones. I had all the little small die casts and everything else. Um, the Godaiken Tetsujin 28 went for big dollars. I got big dollars on that one. So this was back when on eBay people would actually bid <laughs> yeah. and drive up prices. So I had this little set, little toy set of a, uh, it was like a cardboard headquarters from Gachaman 2 which mm-hmm. was the second Gotchman or Battle on the Planet, Battle of the Planets uh, set or series. And so I had this little set. It was a cardboard headquarters with plastic, you know, covering over it. It had a little plastic God Phoenix, which was probably like inch and a half long. Mm-hmm. And these little one inch tall erasers of each of the five Gutchman characters. I think I bought it for $4 or something at Japantown. And it was one of the things I was going to let go. And so I was thinking, well, you know, I only paid four bucks for it. I, I could just pitch it. But I thought, well, I'll put it on eBay for a dollar and let's see where it goes. Well, two guys from Brazil started bidding on it. Mm. I sold that sucker for $425. Wow. Starting it at a dollar. Some, some guy in Brazil bought it for $425. Wow. So you never know what you got until did, you sell it. Did you ever but, sell something that you regretted and then had to buy it back? A lot of that stuff, yeah. No, I, if I could have the Godaiken stuff back, I'd take it back in a second. If I could have the Shogun Warriors back, I'd take them back in a second. Um, hey, the Shogun Warrior Godzilla and Rodan, yeah. I had those. I sold them. Wow. I would take those back in a second. Um, I don't know what I was thinking back then. But see, that's why I don't sell anything now. Mm. It's like, I'm not going to sell any of this stuff. No, you don't think. No, <laughs> you don't no, sell. No, no, no. What about you, Karen? I, I could, I could find other ways to make money if I need, if I started needing, uh, you know, hey now, needing oh, to pay off bills. PG, uh, hey. <laughs> no, well, I mean like work. I, I <laughs> you can I make more money working than you can selling this stuff. Let me tell you. Uh, really? Karen should be able to. Anything, yes. Anything you got rid of that you regret? Uh... I don't like to live with regrets. Um, what a good well, philosophy. <laughs> I will say when I was in college, so I inherited my uncle's comics and he had a lot of comics from the fifties and sixties. And, uh, 
I needed money to get through college. So I wound up selling a bunch of them and it included things like Brave and Bold number one and Batman wow. 100 um, and a lot of other similar titles that, uh, you know, if I had them today, they'd probably be worth a lot more than I sold them for back then. But, you know, I had to do what I had to do. I hear you. And I sold them and it helped me get through school. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. So I guess, I I guess if it goes to a good cause, but (laughs) it's called collecting Um, for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. But one thing I I kind of wish, uh, that I kind of miss, I wish I had held on to a, just a few of my little Micronauts figures. Those were so cool. Yeah. And uh, I think I just at some point said, oh, I'm too old for these, and I threw them out. But uh, those were those were awfully cool little figures. I enjoyed, you know, a Croyer and... Uh, Baron Carson. Oh, gosh, I don't remember all their names. Time Traveler. and But they, I mean, they were cheap plastic, mm. but they looked neat. It's good stuff. I, uh, I regret getting rid of that Galactus uh, maquette. I was going to say. His eyes lit up. The Silver Surfer was flying out of his hand. He could switch out Surfer with Nova. Uh, just a beautiful figure. I would have kept it just for Nova. Must <laughs> He must have been about three, you know. Yeah. No, probably like four feet tall. Wow. With his, with his helmet and stuff. The thing was huge. I also regret getting rid of the uh, King Kong... Um, uh, little skeleton thing. It's called armature. Uh, armature. You got rid of oh, that. Was beautiful. I, I wish I would have kept that. Yeah. Oh man, I got rid of that. Where uh, am I when you get rid of this stuff? <laughs> it, it was you know, uh, before I uh, was hanging out on Planet Eight. Uh, let me ask you guys this: myself personally, holy grail item that I really would like. Must have been back in the seventies, maybe earlier than that. And they. Uh, a real quick story, Karen, with those Slurpee cups of the superheroes. Mm-hmm. Before I had action figures, I would play with those cups like action figures. <laughs> Spider-Man and the Hulk and Doctor Strange. But uh, Marvel put out this play set. It was cardboard building with cardboard cutouts of like Black Panther, Spider-Man. Oh, Hulk. I had the Spider-Man one. Yeah. Oh. If I could Larry's find that. Larry's going to come begging. <laughs> they actually, <laughs> I don't have it anymore. They actually showed it on that uh, comic book men one of their episodes, someone came into the shop and wanted to sell it. And the uh, proprietor of the shop, he bought it for himself. Yeah, because I guess he had it when he was a kid or wanted it as badly as I do. But if, if I could get that, that that is my holy grail right now. Uh, Karen, do you have a holy grail as we're closing out the podcast? Mm. Something That's from- a really good question. Um, I don't know. You know, I'm pretty satisfied. I think I've got things I want and wow I feel like I'm coming up empty handed because I am I, yeah, no, I can't no, think of not anything at all. you're very zen no regrets and, and no <laughs> wants or needs I, let's you jump know, if, th- I, if I see something and it strikes my fancy then you know but otherwise at the moment I'm there's nothing I'm particularly like oh I have to have you're so, not no, I'm quite like, as materialistic as we are nothing that you wish you would have gotten back in the day and, and for whatever reason just didn't come across no, but I'm also kind of at a point where I, and I know this word will upset Bob, but I'm downsizing. So, Avert oh, oh God. <laughs> uh, so, what about you, Bob? You got keep any? Us, keep us in mind as you downsize. You just got your <laughs> holy grail, which was the Ultraman 80. The Ultraman 80 figure is a holy grail. 
Um, What's out there that you haven't that you're just like? Err. I don't think there's anything out there now. There are a couple things that like, um, like back when the Iron Giant came out. Yeah. Toys R Us had the uh, the big Iron Giant figure. I got them. Yeah. Well. With Hogarth. I saw a big pile of them there that they were blowing out for like nine ninety nine each because it was like you know the ah, movie wasn't a big hit. I got hit. mine. Yeah. <laughs> I stupidly didn't buy one. Ah. And I wanted one. I wanted one. And then they were going for big big dollars. I finally found one at the San Jose Toy Show, and no box. And All the pieces were there. Yeah. So I ended up finally getting it. That's that was good. probably you know twenty years after the time or whatever. When Iron Giant was like nice. Yeah, almost twenty yeah. years. And then um, <clears throat> something recent, uh, my girlfriend Debbie and I go to car shows all the time. And, uh, you know, I'll go just walk around the car shows and stuff. And you see, I, I'll grab like Rat Fink stuff and, you know, weird little shift knobs and stuff. But um, there's always a booth there that has beer taps. And I thought, you know, it would be cool to have a Racer 5 beer tap. Hmm. Why not? I love Speed Racer, so why not have a yeah. Racer 5 beer tap? And, uh, you know, every time we go to a car show or we go somewhere and someone would have a booth full of beer taps, we go and rummage through them and they'd never have Racer 5. So one day Debbie comes over with a box and says, oh, what's in there? And it was, she found online a Racer 5 beer tap. So nice. um, it wasn't as long of a search as some of the other stuff, but... You know, it was something I wasn't able to find and then uh, suddenly cropped up. Um, other than that, I don't think there's anything um, that's really eluded me over the years. Um, I'm sure I'll think of something like 10 minutes after the podcast. I think but, Ultraman uh, was it. Ultraman, Ultra, well, Ultraman was a big one. Ultraman 80, yeah. that was a big one. All right, so here, here's a here's a big question. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you guys did not collect what you're collecting now, what would you collect? If you didn't get into, let's say you didn't get into uh, sci-fi or horror or whatever, and you didn't collect all this stuff, what do you think you'd be collecting? And don't say dust. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say that. <laughs> well, I, I would be an entirely different person. I have no way of knowing if I was not into these things. Who would I be then? Who then would I be, Bob? I don't well, know. Well, no, uh, no fallback interests that might spark a collection somewhere. Well, I was thinking, okay, if if I decided I'm no, instead of saying I don't have these interests in sci-fi and stuff, if I said, well, I'm no longer collecting that stuff. I want to collect something different. I was thinking the other day, and this is assuming I don't like get a ton of money because if i got a ton of money then i'd probably go out and buy a lot of cars Sky's the limit but but without getting a ton of money i was thinking maybe something along the lines of um sort of like rock collectibles but not expensive collectibles like not expensive rock and roll memorabilia like oh, i thought you meant like rocks like rocks, <laughs> well, rocks are good too because rocks, rocks are both and... ornamental and they can be used as weapons um <laughs> But no, I was thinking more like, you know, maybe um, really good, like, uh, photographs, things you could put up and display, or records, or, you know, album covers, or art, or things like that. Hmm. Um, you know, guitars and stuff would be kind of expensive, but I don't know, something along that line. Cool. Larry? Thimbles. 
Thimbles. That's good. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I already collect tiki stuff, so I won't say tiki. Um, that is a very good question because I have the Disney stuff. Uh, I don't know. I guess if I wasn't, you know, I'm not a sports fan in the least bit. Um, you know, Godzilla and Star Wars and Star Trek got my attention and I just, I, I went with it. Maybe I'd be a sports fan and I'd have, uh, you know, helmets and baseballs and jerseys and, and stuff like that. Hmm. But I'd like Karen, I'd be a completely different person then. That's true. Yeah. What about you, Bob? Uh, probably Bond. James Bond? Yeah. You have James Bond stuff. I have a small shelf of stuff. But if I didn't have all the Japanese stuff and monster stuff, then I would probably have a garage full of James Bond stuff, <laughs> whether it's figures or cars or props, props or whatever, yeah. vehicles, things. Um, yeah, I think. And, yeah, I've got a tiki collection that I'm amassing, too. But um, as far as stuff that I don't avidly collect, I think yeah, it would probably be 007. Oh, fair enough. As luck would happen, uh, this uh, episode's sensor sweep is uh, going to be done by Chief Engineer Bob. So, uh, Bob. Let's talk a little bit more about my collection. Take it away. <laughs> uh, well, recently um, I had a little money to burn. And so I spoke to uh, a good friend of mine, Bob Eggleton, who was on our Thing episode. Uh, very good artist, Hugo Award, Hugo Award winning science fiction artist, um, excellent painter of all things Godzilla and related. And so I thought, well, I really should commission Bob to do me a Godzilla painting. But a lot of people commission him to do Godzilla paintings. So I'm going to try something a little different. Now, I do have Goldar up above my door that was done by... It was just a little small one that it was done by Bob. But uh, I basically contacted him and said, hey, why don't we do the landscape of Planet X from Monster Zero? I go, no monsters, just the landscape of Planet X with Jupiter in the background and uh, maybe like the P-1 rocket and a couple of the Planet X flying saucers, the Exian saucers, and uh, see what you can do with that. And he thought it was a cool idea, and he was, like, really excited to do it. And I had to wait for him to finish a couple co commissions. But um, he ended up doing it, and it was, like, a 15 by 30. You want to do a wide landscape type thing. It came out excellent, excellently and uh, proudly hangs in my front room, even though I still need to buy a frame for it. Um, I spent all my money on the painting. I have no money for a frame. But... <laughs> um, yeah, I do need to buy a frame for it. But again, you know, here's a unique part of the collection that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it wasn't like, hey, paint me this painting and a week later you get it. It's like, yeah. you know, we had to kind of go over it and he sent me, you know, proofs and things and sketches and what do you think of this and that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we kind of had to work this thing through and, you know, he sent me prog progress pictures and stuff. And, um, yeah, it was like, it's something that, you know, I couldn't just go and buy in a store. I had to do a, have it made. Cool. So uh, it was definitely, it's a very definitely a cool part of my collection. So um, that's my sensor sweep today. None of you can buy it. Although I would assume Bob at some point will do some prints of it. 
So you may, you may be able to buy it at a G-Fest or some convention um, and just keep me in mind because it was my idea. <laughs> I'm the one who is responsible for you getting this cool Planet X landscape. Well, thank you, but, Chief. Uh, yeah, definitely a cool part of the collection. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planet8podcast.blogspot.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet8podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet 8, signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end. It's mine, you understand? Mine, all mine. Get back in there. Down, down, down. Go, go, go. Mine, mine, mine.